The Maker's House Chapel International presents Destiny Word with Dr. Michael Bwedinyamite. God has destined for each and every one of us to live a life of purpose, a life of abundance, and a life that pleases Him. Dr. Michael Bwedinyamite's mandate is clear. He's equipped to raise destiny giants for our time, equipped with the wisdom and anointing for a time such as now. Please stay tuned in to Destiny Word. How many of you know God has been good to you just as you sing? Those songs are beautiful. The lyrics are amazing. But it did minister to you personally. How many of you were blessed by that? But how many of you know that God has been good and kind and merciful and gracious? Can you help me? Let's put our hands together and celebrate the Lord our God, the King of Kings, the Lord Supreme, the Ancient of Days. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord our God. Hallelujah. How many of you came with your Bibles? Can we get into the Word as quickly as we can? You came with your Bibles. Could you please lift it up and say, this is my Bible. It is the Word of God. I'll become what it says I can become. I'll go where it says I can go. I will achieve what it says I can achieve. Slap your chest and say, I am a believer. You can do it again. Say, I am a believer. If the Bible is yours, could you please turn to the book of Psalms? The book of Psalms. Psalms. The 105th song. Psalm 105. Psalm 105. You can put a finger in Psalm 105 and, and still open to the book of Genesis as well. You're using two anchor scriptures today. Genesis chapter number 45. From the verse number 4. Genesis 45. The 45th chapter of the first book of the Bible, in case you are struggling, find it. The 45th chapter of Genesis, chapter verse number 4 and 5. And Joseph said to his brethren, come near me, I pray you. And they came near and he said, I am Joseph your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. Now therefore be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that you sold me here for God did send me before you to preserve life. In the book of Psalm 105, if you found it, I'll be so excited about that. The 105th chapter of the book of Psalms. From the 16th verse, it reads, Moreover, he called for a famine upon the land. He broke the whole staff of bread. He sent a man before them, even Joseph, who was sold for a servant, whose feet they had with fetters. He was laid in iron until the time that his word came. The word, the word of the Lord tried him. I want all of us to read the verse number 19 together. Can we do it again? Hallelujah. Let us pray together. Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for giving us an opportunity to fellowship and to have encounters with you. We know that the grass or whether the flower will fade, your word will abide forever. So please give us a word that works today. Anoint these lips of clay, make it an instrument of a blessing to somebody's life. To the end, we'll lift up our voices together in praise and thanksgiving. In Jesus' most mighty name we have prayed, amen. I want you to look for three people before you sit down and tell them there is pain connected to your purpose. Come on, look at somebody and tell the person there is pain Connected to your purpose. 
Again, I'm super excited to be alive and to also see all of you alive and well. And I'm so glad that God has given us the opportunity to fellowship today in his presence. Um, one of the things that is a fact of life is that life hurts. It is an obvious fact. No matter where you travel to, no matter where you go, you get to a place where you can conclude that life hurts. That even the times that you expect good things to come will be the times that you'll be dealt with a very devastating blow. Life hurts. Look at somebody and tell the person, life hurts. Can you look at another person? Tap the person on the shoulder. The person might not really um, be awake yet, but wake the person up and tell the person, neighbor, life hurts sometimes. It's amazing that we sometimes want to believe that once you become born again and you become a believer and you become tongue-talking, spirit-filled, power-baptized, and you go about proclaiming and declaring the word of God with all the faith and zeal that you have, we get to a place where we want to say that everything is supposed to be all right, rosy and well. But life hurts. No matter the promise that you carry, life hurts. No matter the prophecy, the promise, the, all the things that are placed around you, you get to a place where you feel like nobody should even open the door. Leave me alone to cry my way out of this. Because life can hurt. And even people who are supposed to be lovers can hurt you. People that will give you the, the warmest of embrace and the nicest of kisses will be the person who can stab you real hard. And sometimes we feel to also appreciate that it is not everybody that frowns at us that hates us. But even people who laugh with us can hate us even the more. If Jesus was betrayed with a kiss, what makes you think that a fondling won't be? A deceptive act to cause you to lose your guard so that you can be hit and hit so hard. Most of the time, the best of attacks are deployed when the opponent is not expecting it. And so the people that we even think are supposed to be with us, stand with us, the people that sometimes we feel they should understand and appreciate, God will give you things to do, the people that will come around you that you might be believing, praying, expecting, thinking that they will have the maturity to push the vision, embrace you, shield you, they are the ones that will sometimes hurt you. Life hurts. Life, it hurts. If you get to appreciate that and we build on that premise, then it's safer to say that um, we get hurt because, not only because of the people that surround us, but because of our pursuit as well. It is what we pursue that make us rally armies around us. But men don't just pursue things, they pursue purposes. And so in this month, we are dealing with purpose. In the whole year, we are dealing with pursuit. But this month, we are dealing with purpose. If a man will make impact in the land of the living, he has to pursue his purpose. His purpose is only found when God becomes the nucleus of his life. I want us to peel it gently and slowly so that you can appreciate the drift. Once God happens to be the center of your life and you begin to know what God truly wants from you, your purpose in life is taking shape. Because if we are from him and we are the sheep of his pasture, then it is safe to say that he tells where we lie and he tells what we eat. It is also safe to say that he knows where we ought to go because he will shepherd us where he wants us to go. Now, once we, we are able to determine or we are able to identify or recognize that this is where God wants us to go, then it means that we have been able to perceive the intended purpose or meaning of our lives. Once your purpose of life is given, is well explained, you are able to understand that for me, God brought me into this world for this. 
Jesus said, for this purpose, the son of man was made manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. So Jesus was saying that my purpose on earth was for this purpose. What was the purpose? To destroy the works of the devil. What is the primary work of the devil? Sin. Jesus said, my purpose on earth was to take sin from the world, to take sin, the shackles of sin slavery from God's people. Jesus said, that was my purpose and to destroy the works of the enemy. And so everybody here was born for a purpose. We wonder and we stray if we don't identify our purpose. Last week, I, I asked an existential question. I asked you, who will miss you when you are no more here? Maybe the question that I should ask here as a follow-up to that question is, why are you here? If a man understands and appreciates why he is alive, then his purpose is almost clearly defined. Clearly. If you identify your purpose, your pursuit becomes easier. If you don't know where you are going, you wonder, you go round in circles and you never get there. If somebody tells you, meet me there, the first thing you ask is, where is there? Because if he doesn't tell you that there, you might drive around and um, your fuel will, will run out. And you don't know where to meet. Because the world is so big that you need proper roadmaps and clear guidelines to get to where God wants you to be. Or anybody wants you to be. In the same way, God has a purpose for everybody. And such is the story, the discipline and the discourse that as described in the test that you just read today. God had given a man a child. He had a lot of children, but there was one particular child that was born not to be like any other child, but that child was born to be a savior. Out of all the children of Jacob, the Bible says that he had families. God made sure that every child or every son of Jacob had a unique assignment. For example, Levi had the Levitical order or the priestly line or bloodline running through him. So everybody that was going to be a priest was born by Levi. Out of Levi, they had priesthood. Out of Judah, they had kings. Now out of Joseph, God did not give him anything necessarily in that manner. But all the others were going to be preserved if a Joseph is introduced. The introduction of a Joseph will safeguard the throne of Judah. And help building the temple of Levi. So he might not have a particular portfolio as far as land and permanency and all that is concerned. But his assignment is crucial to what is going to become of the nation of Israel. When their names were changed, his name was changed from Jacob to Israel. There was a man that God knew that if this promise, this prophecy, this prophecy is going to be fulfilled, there should be a man that will be given the assignment to safeguard the interest of the heavens. Before you came, there was an agenda from God that becomes the purpose of God on earth. Jesus said, your will be done on earth even as it is in heaven. So there is a will on earth, in the heavens that God wants to perfect on earth. When God wants to perfect a mandate or a will in the heavens, on earth God will need envoys or emissaries or agents. God will need people that will execute the divine mandate. In this story, it was Joseph that was chosen to execute a divine mandate. What was the mandate? To save, to protect, to deliver, to bring deliverance to the people of God. Scripture says that when he was born, the father loved him. Just as God loves you. Most of the things that you see in the Old Testament are shadows of things to come in the New Testament. This name I was sharing with some of the sons of the house that the name Joseph, the name Joshua, the name Jesus, they are almost all the same in meaning. They all mean a deliverer. So he was born to be a deliverer. That was his purpose. That was the reason why he was introduced into the land of the living, to come and deliver people. But when he came, the father loved him, just as God loves you. The father loved him, and the Bible says that the father made a coat 
of many colors. Now, technically, it's amazing that that is the rendition of your scripture. Because actually, that is a proper interpretation that you can get if you have been following scripture closely. The fathers don't make clothing for their children. It is the mothers that are supposed to give clothing to the children because they have the needing tools. And they need garments and put clothing on their children. For the father to abandon his fatherly duties and put together a garment for the son meant that the father was calling for trouble for the son. Because daddy is supposed to go out and make money, not sit at home and make a garment for one. But that talks about what favor does. That when God decides to lift a man up, God can abandon everything and place his light on an individual. That there might be so many other kids or children around God, but God can decide to throw his spotlight on one person. Say that you can be envious all you can, but it will not stop the father from putting his garment on the son of his. I pray that in 2019, may the spotlight of favor come upon you. That the coat of many colors that God is able to place on his children will come upon you as can I pray for somebody in this year 2019 may the heavens place on you the garment of attraction and favor I will preach the coat of many colors in this church one day but it is it was against their culture that a man should have garments with patterns or with colors a man is supposed to have a straight color if you are wearing black is all black if you are wearing white is all white if you are wearing blue is all blue the man is not supposed to have an indigo it's not blue green indigo red all mixed together no the man wasn't supposed to have that but the father had put together a coat of many colors so that when you see the man called joseph you see that he is a deviation from the normal order when the father favors you, you become an outlier to what permeates in a family. I pray for you in 2019, irrespective of what has been happening and the circumstances around your family, may the coat of many colors be placed on you. Say that wherever you go, you'll be different amongst the lost. When everybody meets the sons of Jacob, they will all be wearing one color, but there will be one man out of the many sons of Jacob whose identity and appearance will be different from all the other sons of Jacob that is the same anointing I break it comes upon you that there might be many people in politics but when you stand out everybody will know that you are different there are many people in that banking sector but your story will be different there might be many people in ministry but whenever you stand there is something about you that is so different from any other person the father gave him something that is uniquely different. Not like any other. Not the regular. Something entirely different from what every other person had. God is customizing a blessing for somebody. You see, I, I will talk about it. I know I have to. But technically, the father waited to customize a blessing for the son. When the father was customizing the blessing, I believe that there were many sons that were going by and saying that this might be for dad himself or this might be for me, not any other. But the father had hid it in his heart who he was going to give it to. And when it was done, there was the first son, there was the second son, there was a third son. But God did not look at who came first or who came last. He decided to favor whom he had told. It is not of him that willeth nor of him that runneth, but it is of God that showeth. May the Lord God show you some kindness. In this year, may God show you his favor. In this year, may God show you. The father had placed on Joseph a coat, but he had many colors. Technically, 
because of the uniqueness, because of the peculiarity of the blessing that the man was carrying, it warranted so many attacks on his life. It brought so many enemies to him. It made people envy him, attack him, want to destroy him. I can tell you for a fact that the reason why people come after you is because you are wearing something that is unique and different from what they have. The reason why they attack you, they attack your person, they attack your credibility, they attack who you are, is because there is a grace upon your life that is uniquely different from what they have. Have you not heard, have you not been told that God exalts his own, but anytime God is exalting his own, it brings enmity. You are envied because you are favored. There is a direct correlation between envy and favor. The favored is the envied one. Because people begin to ask, what at all does he do differently? We all do this thing. Why does he see results and we don't? We are all in this same market. Why do they buy from her and not buy from me? We all do the same thing. In fact, we shop from the same store. Why does she, everybody compliment her and not me? And whenever that door is open for comparison, it sows seeds of bitterness and envy in the heart of that person. So the person begins to look at the other person and say, no, 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 there might be something different. They begin to smear the character the integrity of the person. Oh, God has blessed Sister A. Oh, don't mind her. It is because of that. Oh, this lady sings so well. She's not spiritual. Oh, that guy preaches good. Oh, it's just grammar. So, they will cast that on you. Why? Because the favored is the envied one. But technically, if a man is favored, even his own strengths are not seen. Now, God places a blanket on the favored one. When the coat of many colors is placed on you, if you have scars, it conceals it. In the same light, if your skin is pretty, it conceals it. So the court conceals cast and beauty. It means that at that time, it has nothing to do with your personal beauty or personal scars. It has everything to do with what the Father has placed on you. I pray that even as you journey on in the pages of life, may the Father favor your cause. Say that wherever you go, no matter the level of envy, the Bible says, and they envied him. Why did they envy him? He was envied because of purpose. He was envied because the father had perceived in the spirit what his son was going to be. The Bible says that the boy had a dream. His dream he saw that they were binding seas. And every sheath had bowed to his own sheath. All the sheaths were lying down. His own was the only standing. He came and told his family, I had a dream, like Martin Luther King Jr. I had a dream, and the dream, in the dream, I saw everybody, everybody's sheath bowing to my sheath. He said, Are you crazy? What do you mean? You mean all of us are going to bow to you? Do you think that that is what, we, uh, what is going to happen? We are the, we were here in the family before you. You saw your mom, you saw your dad, everybody bowing to you. Are you crazy? Are you out of your mind? Do you have fever? Are you hallucinating? What is wrong with you? The Bible says that he went to sleep and he dreamt again. And in this new dream, he saw the sun. He saw the moon. He saw the stars all bowing to him. The sun representing the father. The moon representing the mother. The stars representing his brethren all bowing to him. 
Then he went and told them that dream again. Watch the test. God was bringing him confirmation in two planes. In the first plane, he saw things that he had control over. Sheath they were binding in the floor. Every sheath had bowed and they thought they could stop that. And they thought that was a problem. They thought, no, if we were binding it, ours will stand better. God lifted the argument and said, no, this time around is going to be the sun and the moon. This time around, if it was the things on earth and you couldn't contain it, I am lifting the argument to the next level. I pray that whatever is a bone of contention around your life, may the Lord lift the argument to a level that they cannot contend with you again. Can I prophetically pray for somebody? I pray in the name of Jesus for your life that in 2000 2019, may God lift the standards. If a sheath was a standard they were fighting, God lifted the argument to a place they couldn't fight anymore. May the Lord lift you to a standard where they cannot fight with who you are. Look at somebody and tap the person and say, He's talking to me. Look at somebody and say, Neighbor, oh neighbor, I am being elevated to another dimension. Say, Neighbor. Oh neighbor, this is my set time for the elevation. Is there anybody in this place who knows it's your set time? Check your scripture very well. And look at the movement of the test. The Bible says that when he brought them the dream, that was a definition of his purpose. That all these guys will fall, but the arising will depend on you. His purpose was that the stars, the moon, the sun, in that order, they are not going to have glory if you are not with them. The family will not rise if you don't stand tall. They are going to have priests amongst them. They are going to have kings amongst them. They are going to have builders amongst them. They are going to have warriors amongst them. But of all of them, they will die if you do not stand. God is raising you as a savior to a generation. God is raising you as a deliverer to a family. God is raising you as somebody that threw you your nations. Let me build on it. He was given this vision and scripture says immediately they conspired. They went into a meeting and said, mm. If care is not taken, everybody will treat this guy differently as though he is the eldest because this vision doesn't favor us. It will amaze you to know that destiny assassins are not people who are very far from us. But destiny assassins always happen to be people that sometimes we share coffee with. Sometimes we share houses with. Sometimes they live with us. Sometimes we talk to them. Sometimes when you meet them, you can give them a hug thinking they have your back. Whilst he was thinking he had siblings, they were, he was seeing them as, 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 as siblings, but they were seeing him as an enemy. Perspectives. Perspectives. You might look at the person and think this is an ally. But in their heart, you are a competition. Anybody who is conspiring against you, you, are, you have open arms. Oh, yes, yes, yes. The Lord just dropped something in my spirit. Your, your scripture says that David said, I love them. But for my love, they repaid me with evil. So sometimes you get to meet people and you love on them. You want to hug them. You want to cry on their shoulder. You want to give them a peg and kiss them and tell them everything is going to be alright. But whilst you're giving them that word of encouragement and hope, they are busily making their daggers sharper so that they can stab you quicker. But I pray that any conspiracy against you in 2019 
19. Can, can, I, can I prophetically pray for you? Because you see, in this world that we are in, it is not everybody that is smiling with us that truly loves us. There are people, I have been talking to people, and you might hear a pastor saying that other pastors are conspiring against him. And so it is not everybody around you that will love you, but no weapon formed or fashioned against you shall prosper. And any tongue that will rise against you in judgment, it is condemned. We pray that a thousand shall fall on your left, ten thousand shall fall on your right. It shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you see and behold the reward of the wicked. It doesn't matter how many times they have conspired against you. They did that thing to Joseph. There were meetings. They met and they fought and they planned. They schemed against this young man. He thought he had found family. That I can share my dreams, my aspirations, my revealed purpose. I can share it. Not knowing that the people that he thought were friends were enemies. So sometimes we have people we think they are on our side. But they are moles for the enemy. Anybody planted in your camp to bring information that will hurt or harm you. To do things against you. We pray that may the Lord deliver you from the snares of the fowler. Whatever thing they will conspire against you. May the Lord bring you deliverance. Joseph born to be a deliverer. But in a place where he needed deliverance. Born to bring deliverance. But now he himself needs deliverance. What do you do when the breadwinner needs bread? What do you do when the one that is supposed to bring light is living in total darkness? What do you do when the one that is supposed to bring smiles the faces of people is crying in pain and living in fear? A man born to bring deliverance, but the same brothers, when they conspired, the first point was that let's kill. At that time, the devil had taken over. Why are you saying that, young man? Because the Bible says the thief cometh not, but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Anytime anybody starts thinking death, the devil has taken over the person. Whether you want to kill yourself or you want to kill somebody. If a man says, I want to kill myself, the devil has taken over him. If a man says, I want to kill another person, it's the devil that has taken over him. Because the only thing that he wants to think and plan and implement or execute the process of death is the devil himself. Let us kill him! Why do you kill somebody born to bring you purpose? Why do you kill somebody born to protect your throne as Judah? Why do you kill somebody born to protect your temple if you are a levy? Why? Because when the devil wants to destroy people, he makes them myopic. They become short-sighted. They can't even look beyond the present. The reason why they are after you is because they don't know that in your light they will see light. The reason why they want to come against you so strong is because they are failing to realize that once you rise up, you will lift them up. The reason why in the family, but we'll come to think of it. Why is it that in a family somebody will sit and say, as long as I'm here, I will not let this person prosper. Meanwhile, if the person prospers, the glory affects the family. It's because they are short-sighted. They are failing to realize that if, a, if we have the DS and the DS is doing well, it affects the whole music ministry. If somebody stands and the person is ministering and affects people, it affects the whole church. It affects the whole DS. It's the same thing. When, you, when the enemy takes over you, you become very myopic. 
you become self-centered, you become short-sighted, and you don't know that it will always be to the detriment of your eternal program. Because if God wants somebody to open a door for you, and you kill that person, you have closed your door permanently. We pray that anybody around you, may the Lord open their eyes to see the goodness that you carry. Sometimes it is because they don't know because the Bible says if they had known they wouldn't have crucified the King of Glory. I pray that in your family may their eyes begin to see well. In your industry may they see well. May they know that your victory is your victory. Can, can, can I push it a little bit deeper? The scripture says, and they said, let us kill him. They had dug a pit. And they threw this young boy in a pit. They killed a lamp. And they, they messed up his garment of favor. The garment of uniqueness. The garment that makes him special. They missed it with blood. The blood was the blood of a lamb they killed. They went to the father and said, this is your son that you love. We didn't see his body, but all that we know is that we found the garment. The garment had blood in it. And the blood is an indication that your son dead but take this so that you can confirm for yourself the mistake they made was that they should have killed probably a deer because typologically anytime the lamp is lifted Christ is exalted and so when they missed this garment with a lamp they had sprinkled the blood of Christ on this boy and so you couldn't touch the one that the blood is on I pray and we sprinkle the blood of the lamp upon you in 2019 that nobody can touch you because they thought they were killing you but they were sprinkling the blood of the sprinkling on you. The blood. Look at somebody and say, the blood is on me. The blood is on me. Can you look for seven people and tell them, the blood is on me. Look for seven people. Tell them, neighbor, the blood is on my life. Say, neighbor, the blood is on my life. Now check out the scripture. They did not sprinkle the blood on a Joseph. They sprinkled the blood on his prophecy. Because the garment was an indication of what he was to become. Our destinies are preserved, but I came to sound a warning to the camps of the devil that what the rest on our life is preserved by the blood of the lamp, that our promises and prophecy and the covenant we have with God is sealed by the blood. The boy in prison, garment with the father in a pit garment about to be taken in the pit now discussing alright let us not kill him at least let's sell him so that we have double for our trouble he's no more there and on top of that we have money oh that's a good plan let us not kill them let's sell they sold this boy into captivity the Bible says, and there came the Ishmaelites who were relatives. I preached that sermon before. I don't know whether it was here. When I was preaching mistake and promise in the same house. Mistake and promise in the same house because Abraham gave birth to Isaac. Isaac gave birth um, to Jacob. And Jacob had a son called Joseph to be destroyed. Now when Abraham gave birth to Isaac, Abraham had an older child called Ishmael. Ishmael was considered to be an ungodly affair. And so Sarah had prevailed upon the husband to drive Ishmael and the mother, and the mother away. 
pray. The man called Abraham went to God and said, God, you know, I can't do this. Everybody will say that I am an irresponsible father. And immediately God said unto Abraham, Abraham, when you were about to go in on the woman, did you come to me to ask for clarification? He said, sir, I did not. He said, okay, who gave you that advice? He said, my wife did. He said, okay, go back and hearken to the advice of your wife. If your wife is saying that, drive that boy and his mother away. Listen to the voice that gave you that baby. It was your wife that gave you the baby. Go and listen to the same voice that gave you that baby. Went out with a child and everybody had forgotten about a man called Abraham. Um, about the man called Ishmael. But fast forward and Isaac was born. Fast forward a Jacob was born. Fast forward a Joseph was born. Fast forward the deliverer of the nation of Israel was about to be killed. And guess what? The same boy that the mother said drive away uh, the same boy that the mother said drive away drive the mother away had descendants who were coming to save the promise of God it was a mistake in the eyes of the people but to God it was never a mistake now Ishmael Ishmael was God's insurance policy for the people of Israel God's insurance for the redemption of Joseph was the boy called Ishmael. God knew that a time will come because he knows the end from the beginning. That they will want to kill him. But God knew I have to prepare a people that when the time comes and they want to destroy him, they will show up with money and say sell him to us. The Bible says and the Ishmaelites came up and they bought this boy from the people. Took him to Egypt, sold him because they had contact to, to Potiphar. Potiphar's wife saw this fine looking boy, mm. saw this good looking bloke, saw this guy who had a swag on. He, this guy was good looking, he was eloquent, he was a sharp guy, he was a good straightforward thinker, but he was still a young boy. He was he was in his late teens, technically. And so the man, the woman um, of the house um, wanted to be the sugar mummy of this young boy called Joseph. Joseph knew that, okay, I have been given privileges in the house, but the only thing I wasn't given was control over the wife of my master. He said, mom, I can't do it. In Potiphar's house, he was favored as well, and he was given a garment. The garment that was given by the father was taken by the brothers. The garment that was given in Potiphar's house by Potiphar was taken by Potiphar's, house, Potiphar's wife. Sometimes whenever God wants to take you to your next level, you'll be like a snake who shed off your skin. Whenever they touch you, God will give them that garment because there is always a bigger, better garment waiting for you in your next level. Whatever they are holding on to, look at somebody and tell the person, bigger is coming. Whatever they are holding on to. I feel like preaching now. Look at somebody and tell the person, whatever they are holding on to. Bigger is coming. Joseph was saying, if my father's garment that gave me favor was too much to handle. And they took it. They gave me another garment. It's a garment that puts you on top. But in somebody's house. The wife came and said, oh, please sleep with me. Most of us young men will say that's a good scholarship. You will jump at the opportunity. And not knowing that you've sentenced yourself to permanent imprisonment. You would have mortgaged your future for cheap. You would have sold out your birthright to a woman who doesn't know where you are going. That is why it is always imperative to preserve and keep yourself. Why? Because sometimes most of the things they bring to you are setups by the devil so that you can settle for less than they can deny you of God's very best. The Bible says that the, the woman took that garment from this boy. And when the woman took the garment from this boy, he was sent to prison because there was nobody to defend this young man. Have you ever got into a place where you are lied about and you are defenseless? You have nothing. You can't say anything for people to believe you. Well, you are not the first person to get there because Joseph also got there. But scripture says that he was sent to prison and in the prison, he was also given a garment. What 
do you do when your garments are in transition? When in spite of having royalty on you, you have the garment of shame and heaviness and pain and anguish and bitterness all around you. But that is not the end of your story. Because as long as the one who gave you the vision of the sun and the stars and the moon bowing to you sits and reigns in the affairs of men, that word will always prevail. I thank God for the song that has been sung in this church many times. The word he has spoken shall surely can I, can I backtrack? The word he has spoken shall surely prevail until that word comes. The Bible says that he was in a prison garment and everybody was looking at, look at that Hebrew boy and he thought he was all that. In your moment of transition, people begin to denigrate you. In your moment of transition, people speak down on you. They talk down on you. They begin to undermine you. They begin to malign you. They begin to do all kinds of things against you. But don't worry. It is just your transitory zone. Whoever was speaking against you, they don't have an idea of who you are going to become. You are just in transit. Can you tap somebody and tell the person, I am in transit. Come on, tap somebody and say, neighbor, I am in transit. He was giving the prisoner's garment and somebody who has tasted favor of the father, somebody who has tasted the favor of a potiphar, has now been reduced to a commoner. He's now has movement uh, um, restricted. He was given limited access. He was being told when to sleep, when to wake up, what to eat. At, in his father's house and in Potiphar's house, he was controlling what to eat, what not to eat, where to go, where not to go. But his movement was restricted. But they thought that was the end of the boy. But God knew that Potiphar's house was not his final destination. He's supposed to be on top. And therefore, the Bible says that that woman had to set him up. And when he went to prison, he met somebody who had a higher contact to the king. The Bible says that he was elevated because he had, the king had a dream and he shared a dream with the king. He interpreted and everything. The Bible says because of time, let me just mumble everything together. The Bible says that and when the king had met this young man called Joseph, he said, I will give you my kingdom. Everything should be under your control. But what you have is beneath who you are. I know that you might have enjoyed certain privileges. But from today, let them put on you what is mine. So that throughout the world, everywhere you go, they will see you as the Pharaoh. But you have authority on over everything except myself. And so what he was saying is that even though at first they envied you with restricted access, now I am giving you limitless access. And there is nothing that they can do. But the, 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 the importance of this test that we read is in Psalm 105. I've all that I've said to you is my introduction. In Psalm 105, from the verse number 16, the Bible says, they hurt him with fetters. They abused the man. They wanted to destroy him. And you read Psalm 105 in the Bible says that until his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. Until you, before you fulfill purpose, there will be pain accompanying your life's program. He was hurt, he was bruised, he was scandalized, he was maligned, they wanted to kill him. Why? It was all because of purpose. But that word of God will come upon you. The Bible says that and he said unto his brothers, in Genesis chapter number 45, if you read on from the verse number 4 and 5, the Bible talks about the fact that when he had met with his brothers, he told his brothers that do not be afraid, do not be, be, be afraid for your lives because it was God that sent me. And so whilst you were thinking that you were putting me in a pit whilst you were thinking that you were setting me up to be sold whilst Potiphar's wife was thinking that he was, she was lying on me to be sent to prison she didn't know that it was God ordering my steps because the steps of a good man are ordered by God any pain you are going through now it is part of the process but at the end of the day it will bring greater results to your life there is nowhere God will leave you in the middle of the journey I thank God because in the book of 2nd Chronicles chapter number 2nd Corinthians chapter number 4 the Bible says that we are struck down but not destroyed. We are troubled every side but not in despair. We are distressed. Everything is coming against us. But the Lord will never abandon or forsake us. Even if a mother or a father will forsake his own, our God 
will never forsake us. I just came to tell you that your purpose has some pain element in it. But when you are going through the pain, just push through the pain. Because at the end of the day, it will bring you greater results. Be up on your feet. My time is up. Maybe I'll continue next week, maybe. There is pain connected to your purpose. Where God is taking you to will need people lying on you. Where God wants to take you to will need, will demand people undermining you. Say that because of my pain, let me not push through this pain and get the baby out so that the baby stays in me. When you don't have the energy to push anymore, they will suck the baby out. You feel the pain anyway. Because the child, that is your purpose. That is your assignment. That is your call needs to get out. And getting out means pain sometimes. People of God, what God wants to do with you, there is a pain element with it. People will not be entirely happy with you. Sometimes you find a report written about you that when you read it, you ask yourself, what did I do to this man? But it is a part of purpose. Everything they do is a divine setup for a glorious manifestation. <laughs> Lift up your right hand. I want you to pray. How many of you have been through some pain in pursuing purpose? You can wave at me if I have a witness in this place. Pain in your pursuit of purpose. So can you look at somebody and tell the person you are not alone? Can you t turn and look at somebody and tell the person you are not alone? You are not alone. You are not. Purposes have pain elements. It's not going to be all rosy. They won't bring you cheesecake. They won't bring you Coca-Cola and fruit juice. They won't bring you drinks and fruit baskets and tell you that we are with you. Sometimes it comes with a dagger. Sometimes it comes with you being stripped of what makes you unique. That the hard-earned reputation you've built overnight, somebody just gets up and wants to shatter it. It comes with it. Joseph, although he was lifted, lived for the rest of his life with a perception of rape on his life. Every, they did not go and clear him. He was lifted above it, but not cleared from it. I'll talk about it one day. Lifted above it, but not cleared from it. So he was so mighty that you can't bring it against him. But it was in the heads of people. There are some things that will be said and done to you that you can never take it from the minds of people. They are part of purpose. Jesus is still regarded by certain agnostic writers as somebody who had girlfriends, who had Mary Magdalene in his company, who had Mary Magdalene Mary, the Mary from Magdalore. Magdalore is the place of prostitution. Magdalene wasn't her name. It wasn't her surname. It was a means of identification because there were many Marys, but she was the Mary from Magdalore. So Mary the Magdalene was her name. Mary from the brothel place was in the company, a savior who had friends who were prostitutes. It became a tag on him that he was a friend of drunkards and sinners. How can he call himself a holy man? A stigma attached to his person. 
never erased but lifted above them. Most of the time there are some things and that's how your life will be. Understand this. When we are through with purpose you might understand it better. But today let me try to push this through and help you to understand that there are things that God will not save you from them. He will lift you above them. He lifts you above it. You are not saved from it. But you are just lifted above it. People of God, there is pain connected to your purpose. Purpose will mean people betraying you, rejecting you, denying you, being wicked, malicious to you. It's part of purpose. It will never deny the Father's love. Because the father wept when they said he was dead. He wept again when he said he was found. Because in his heart, the man never left. In the heart of your father, you are never forsaken. Please lift your right hand. I just want you to pray your own prayer. I don't know the pain, but you are saying that God, even though I'm pushing through this pain ahead sometimes, but give me the grace to live above it and lift me beyond it. Lift me above it and let every purpose, let my word come. Yes, Lord, thank you, Jesus. Maybe next week I have to take it from where I'm ending it today because I didn't really do justice to my test. But until the time his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. Anytime God gives you a word, that word becomes your word. That is his word. But the word of the Lord there had to do with time and that is not the kairos time it was chronos in god's kairos so god has a time of visiting you until that time comes the word that he has given to you will tempt you will try you will you give up on it you're saying that god let your word come to pass i just want somebody to pray pray for yourself pray for your family pray for people that are around you let the word of god come to pass father we thank you we give you praise and glory. Bring your word to pass, O oh God, that we can lift up our voices and say thank you. We have been through afflictions and pain, but we know that it's part of our process. It's connected to our purpose. The abuse. There are ladies who have been raped before. There are people who have been abused before. There are men who have been raped before. There are people who have been swindled before. There are people who have been undermined before. There are people who have been beaten by spouses before. There are people who have been abused by bosses. People who have been undermined by... There are things that have happened and you are telling yourself, I've been through so much pain. I was talking to a young lady who was raped by the father at the age of eight. Father, Father, pain, your husband doesn't have any respect for your person and you are you have that pain and hurt and but your wife doesn't respect you. You have that pain and bitterness in your heart, that pain that you have. May I sermonically submit to you that it is a divine setup for your next level. Spirit of God. People can lie on you. And sometimes the lies that they say, it fits you perfectly. It's like they, it's a tailor-made lie. They have your measurement to put the suit on you. Says so that there is no room for allowance. But God will look up unto you. Lift us above it. Cause us to rise above it. Cause us to shine beyond this. In the name of Jesus the Christ. Whatever it is, lift us beyond it. Lift us beyond it. Lift us beyond it. Holy Ghost, the pain Father, we pray in the name of Jesus. The grace to be exalted beyond this measure. 
and any pain oh God connected to our purpose we pray for the grace for the divine manifestation spirit of God let your word come to pass he said you send him before them it was painful but it was an assignment help us to fulfill destiny irrespective of the pain give us the grace to go above it in Jesus name Amen Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed with Destiny Word by Dr. Michael Boydi-Nyamiche. You are cordially invited to the Maker's House Chapel International, Kwabanya Off Point One. Join in on any of our services, Sunday Word, first service, 7 to 9 a.m., second service from 10 a.m. to 12 noon, teaching service on Wednesdays, 6.30 to 8 p.m., and our flagship program, The Morning Aura, on Saturdays from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. to engage in prayer and experience the supernatural. For more information about this ministry, call 0244-221-272 or 0262-731-570 or visit our website, www.themakershousechapel.org. We believe in the word in totality and the light it brings our path to experience the grace to take territories and fulfill destiny. God richly bless you.